John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. have accessed entry 714.1CH0910, certificate number 23082, the letter J. Have you ever wondered about the letter J? I mean, it's the first letter of my name, so I know you. It's the first letter of my name as well, my last name. Oh, Jennings, right. It's fairly common letter in people's names. But, but not in anything else, as you would know if you played Scrabble. That's right. It is the fourth least often used letter, only used less by Z, Q, and X. And its Scrabble score is uh, accordingly large. It's eight, but it really... To me, it should be as it should be a ten, like a Q, X, and Z. I'm in. Or wait, is X eight? I think yeah. Q and Z are ten. X and J are eight. Is that right? I mean, we do use X's, uh, at least those of us in the adult video industry. Sure. <laughs> or those of us who put three X's on a jug of, right? of corn liquor. Right. Three X's is also the symbol of Amsterdam, and I think maybe Chicago. Really? Yeah. Well, three X's for Amsterdam makes sense. Right. Or at least for that one district. Three X's for Chicago. I, I don't know what's going on there. It's a drunk three-eyed guy <laughs> just yelling at you about De Beers. But also, J is uh, right next to the letter I in the alphabet, and they look remarkably similar. They both have uh, the little accent on the top, the only two letters in the English language that, that carry uh, a diacritical. And is that a jot or a tittle? Uh, well, it's called a tittle. The little dot over the top of an I and a J are called tittles. Oh, and, I'm, I'm titillated. And they originally uh, were there to distinguish the letter I, first of all, uh, from other sort of squiggles in fast written calligraphy. Because it's true that when you do write in script lettering very fast, everything is kind of a, a, a bump or a peak. Right. And you see this in the use of of little diacriticals in Arabic or, or Turkish, other languages that, or, you know, original Turkish script, uh, uh, other languages that are very much this kind of fluid, angular language. Well, I guess fluid and angular are different descriptions. But like if you write the word minimum and you're not super careful about your letters. It just looks Yeah, I mean, it's just a sine wave. And then you put 
a few dots on it. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, originally they were they were much more slashes, but they eventually sort of consolidated down to dots. Oh, is that right? Yeah. They used to be slashes. Yeah, if you look at, at ancient manuscripts in Old English or, or similar scripts, Old French, you'll see that the dot over the eye is much more of a, a little zing. Well, now I feel bad. It used to be a big, bold swash or slash, and now we've pushed it back into a little reservation. Well, you know, it happens as particularly as typefaces were, uh, were introduced. You know, it was much easier, I guess, to have a dot, and it seemed more elegant at the same time. But... I, uh, being an ancient, ancient letter, is where all of this typographical Wait, you evolution are, happens. You are an ancient, ancient letter? I am an ancient letter. Ken, I am the letter J, moved forward through time. I've arrived here in physical form to tell you. I have come to tell you, tell you message. all. <laughs> I come bringeth destruction and death. So the letter I is one of the oldest letters. It's very old. It originated in, well, in ancient Egypt as a hieroglyph meaning a leg with a hand or a, a leg first. Did, and then, did they not know that legs have feet well, in at, ancient Egypt? In ancient Egypt, people walked on their hands and, and, uh, and used, the sand. used their feet as hands. So you, you don't want to get your feet all sandy. A little bit backwards. It totally makes sense. It was adopted into the Phoenician alphabet first, meaning leg. Um, and then back then you needed a whole letter just to mean leg because <laughs> you were writing it a lot, like it's so many amputations back then. Right. And the letter I meaning leg was pronounced yuh in Phoenician, yuh. And so I originally had a kind of yuh sound. Then as it migrated into Hebrew and in, in the Semitic languages, the letter I means arm, also pronounced yuh. Really? Yeah. But as time uh, went on, it evolved in Greek into a different sound from ya to e or i, I'm sorry, as, as in the word iota, the letter i became iota. I mean, our vowel i, when you think of it, doesn't really exist. It's a diphthong that you get by saying ah and then e. Right. Just try to say, I. just try to say i. You can't do it. It's not one sound. I. 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 So a lot of languages don't even have a, a letter that does just that. Like in Spanish, you have to put together an A and a Y to get that sound. And there are quite a few of those combination letters, A-E or O-E, that over the course of the evolution of language, it was decided either that they would consolidate into a separate sound of a vowel. For instance, right. I mean, a lot of our vowels are... Uh, we can use A for ah and right. ah, ah and, and a. a. We uh, uh, This is part of teaching my daughter how to spell and how language works. It's often frustrating for her and I think even for us to know exactly which, you know, you say like sure. E, the E sound, except in this instance, it's the letter I. Imagine how English has become the world's kind of de facto second language, even though it's the worst. You it, know, imagine some kid who's been raised speaking Spanish or Italian or some purely phonetic language. Right. Where spelling is not even a thing. There's no such thing as spelling bees because every word is spelled how it sounded and every word is pronounced how it's spelled. And then they have to learn this monster uh, hybrid chimera language of... Half German, half uh, French. It's a bastard language yeah. where sometimes the letters O-U-G-H say oo as in through, but they could say o as in though. They could say off as in cough. 
Mm. They could say uff as in rough. Uff and rough. They could say ow as in bow. Oh, ow as in bow. Am I missing some? Did I say o as, o as in though? Right. It could even be up as in hiccup. You ever see hiccup spelled with a G-H at the end? Right, hiccough. I know, right? Right, or yeah, right, Jeff, the the, the name Jeff. Do you, G- do you spell that with a G-H? G-E-O, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. So it's just a minefield, like, and it's all purely arbitrary. And it's one of the hardest languages to learn to, to write error-free as a result. To, to write and to speak fluently. Mm-hmm. Right? As the letter I kind of, the letter I was one of the, the original ones that had this sort of multiplicity of pronunciations, because as it transferred down through all these different languages, each one sort of chose a different way of pronouncing it. By the time it got to Latin, I most commonly in Latin was used to make an E sound like vini, vidi, vici, or uh, Car- Carpe diem. Carpe diem, right. Seize the D. Uh, seize the D. <laughs> as, my, but, as my girlfriend used to say. But infrequently in Latin, it could make a Y sound. Um, like it would be like it would be the start of a word. It would be like I and then another vowel like I A or something like that. Yeah. 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 But it was. You, you know what else? You know how else they pronounced the letter I in Rome? How? One. Oh, of course. <laughs> they, thought, they thought it meant one. <laughs> and D- in dummies. Fact, in fact, the origin of the construction of the J which is basically just an I with a swoopy tail, Mm -hmm. was actually as a Roman numeral in a succession, like, for instance, if you were writing 13. Wait, J was a Roman numeral? J was an... Because I never saw Rocky VJ. No, this was... this By the time the Rocky movies came out, Latin had really evolved. Uh, So the Latin of Stallone... (laughs) The Latin of Stallone. (laughs) The Latin of Ovid and the Latin of Ivan Drago. Right. Very different. Our our evolutions. Like he could say, yo, Adrian, with an I-O. He could say, well, yeah, yo, yo, Adrian, (laughs) or or, yo, Adrian, with a J, uh, if you wanted to use the Spanish pronunciation of the letter J. Well, that would be... Well, it would be that would be like the German pronunciation. In Spanish, it would be ho, Adrian. It would be be ho. It would be a mean thing to say to Adrian. Right. Ho, Adrian. Don't call her a ho. She's a virgin. She works in a pet store. Right. Yo, yo, Adrian would be also like in hallelujah, a J used as a, as a ya sound. But we'll get to that. Oh, I didn't mean to jump north too soon. You didn't mean to yump north? (laughs) Uh, The J was originally uh, the last... I in a series of three I's in Roman numerals. So it would be, you know, 13 would be X, I, I, J. It was kind of a way of closing out the number. So Mr. T appears in Rocky I, I, J. I, I, J. So that was the first use of it. But I think only, not, not if you were doing three, but 13. It would be sort of at the end of a longer series of Why would of you only numbers. do it with the 13 but not three? Uh, because three would be all, I guess as it gets longer, it's more of a, more of an Eiffel, right? Yeah, like this, it's, this it's was more to process. This was more of an accent. If you were a florid writer, it wasn't necessary. Oh, really? It was just a sort of, uh, it was an affectation. A flourish. A flourish is right. But it introduced the look and feel of the letter J, but also as. So it does seem like letter, the letter J is kind of the. More flamboyant letter. It well, it's absolutely. A little, it's a little over the top. Look, put a J and a Y next to one another. Which is the fancier letter? When I was a kid in drama club, 
Letter J taught me it was okay to be weird. That's right. Letter J, we owe a lot to the letter J, those of us who live on the freaky side of life. J is like one of the freakiest letters, like, right? Yeah, I is like a square. He's a, yeah. he's one of the normals. I mean, Q, because Q is is the founding letter of queer. Yeah, Q it, is a little queerer than J. Q gets, a, Q gets a lot of accolades now, but J is just... I, who's decided to chart a different course in his life. I mean, the weirdest thing about Q is that it's an O, but it's got a tail. So it's kind of got the J thing going on. But then have you ever seen how you're supposed to write a capital Q in like cursive lettering? It's like a big, yes. it's a big letter two. Yeah. I'm not in favor of the capital Q in cursive. It looks awful. It, it doesn't look like any of the other letters. No, a Q should look like an egg being penetrated by a sperm. <laughs> That is, is that's that, is what, that what it was to the Phoenicians? Well, it's what it is to me. They had a whole letter of the alphabet just to mean fertilization. What else in all of nature is a big cell with a little tail coming out of it? It's when I was a kid, I think we said it was a kitty cat. It's oh, like, it's like the ass end of a cat yeah, looking it's, at it's, from the front. It's some animal with a tail coming out. That would out. be a letter. That would be a numeral eight with a tail <laughs> we or numeral eight being penetrated by say, a sperm. We didn't say the ass end. <laughs> <laughs> None of my teachers ever compared any letters to the ass end <laughs> of anything. Uh, but you're right. J is kind of freaky as well. As letters go, it's, uh, it's out there. It's doing its own thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't care what people say. That's right. And it's a letter that has a lot of different, a lot of different sounds, a lot of different selves. You got to know it for a while. It's not just one thing. That's right. At first you think, oh, Jay, sure, I know Jay. But Jam then, jar. Yeah. But Jelly. Then, then Big Jay deal. reveals it's like, uh, I guess it opens the kimono in, the, <laughs> in a phrase that your com fellow computer scientists would use. Yeah, we're always saying that. <laughs> Uh, the first, the first person to introduce the word letter, letter J as a separate letter was an Italian by the name of Gian Giorgio Tresino. And you can understand yeah. why he, uh, why he had uh, such affection for the letter J, although his name was spelled with G's. Right. It would not be John Giorgio with John Giorgio. When it comes to meat, quality makes a huge difference in texture and taste. And even though it might be better for you and the environment, a lot of the higher quality meat you find at the grocery store is just too expensive for most people's budget. Thankfully, there's ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves access to high-quality, humanely sourced meat at an affordable price. That's why each month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of the finest cuts right to your home. Choose from 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. No antibiotics, no added hormones, just meat the way meat should be. And right now, you can get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free, plus $20 off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. But wait, so the letter J has an inventor? The letter J has like this a, guy is this guy is trying for days to make a new letter to make the just sound, and finally he comes up with it. Well, he the, uh, as language evolved, there were all these additional sounds that were being used in spoken language, and there were convoluted ways of trying to write the sound in language. Um, as as well, we, what are some examples of that? Well, like um, so, for instance, the name of Jesus was pronounced Jesus in Greek and spelled with an I, Jesus. 
it's, is the Greek pronunciation. It's a, it's kind of a plot point in the third Indiana Jones movie. Oh, oh, really? Do you Indiana Hones? <laughs> Indiana Hones? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Hones. That guy sure does have a set of Hones. No, do you not, re- do you not remember this? There's a, uh, so Sean Connery has been studying the grail traps his mm-hmm. whole life. Right. And he knows there's going to be, um, you have to spell out the name of God. He's the only one, he's the only one that calls him Indiana. Right. Right. No, no, no. He calls him Junior. 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 Because they named the dog Indiana. Right. Like, so as soon as Henry Jones Jr. <laughs> leaves home, he pretends, he goes to college and pretends he's, he's named for, his, he takes his own dog's name. It's very odd. Yeah. The, his origin story le- uh, asks more questions than it answers. It's not really clear why he would identify with it. Like he always thought his dog had such a cool name that the second he left, he was like, yeah, yeah, my name's Bowser. Well, I always wanted to be named Peter. Was that your dog's name? Uh, no, not at all. It was... Uh, oh, because of Family Guy. No, it was pre-Family <laughs> Guy. I just, it was, oh no, it was kind of, uh, it was like, I, I loved Winnie the Pooh and I thought Christopher Robin was a great name, but somehow I felt like Peter was like a Christopher Robin-like name. For our time. For our time, right? I mean, it just felt, it, I don't know, it just felt so English, like Peter. It does feel respectable, like there'd Peter. be a, you know, all those Enid Blyton books would have a little British schoolboy in short pants named Peter, right? Peter, exactly right. Uh, so they get to one of the traps b- between them and the grail, and it's a, basically a giant boggle board. Mm-hmm. There's all these letters written on tiles on the floor, and he's like, oh, like, you have to spell out the name Jehovah. And you see Sean Connery in his... um. He's been wounded at this point uh, by an earlier errant Nazi bullet, I think. Mm. And, uh, and somehow he knows what Indiana Jones is facing. And he thinks, but in Latin, Jehovah starts with an I. Yeah. And Indiana Jones is a dummy. And he's like, Jehovah, easy. J. Oh. And he steps on the J and he falls to the floor and nearly dies. Sure. Right. So, and there's a rolling stone that gathers no moss somehow in that. No, no, no. That's the earlier one. That's earlier. But this whole seems improbable to me now. If you're saying that I and J did not exist as separate entities at the time when the Knights Templar would have been building their traps. Well, this was the, this, oh yeah, that's right. It is implausible, right? Because he steps on a J, which would be a great trap for a 20th century person. But But I, I guess that's just the forethought that God inspired in the Knights Templar to make sure that the grail was well guarded. He was like, in the 16th century, the Italians are going to invent the letter J. It's going to be a super tempting fake answer. It might be that the it, that it was just a Knight Templar who had a seizure at that moment, or a <laughs> right. Knight Templar that slipped on a wet rock. He was trying to do a U, and then they were like, lunch! <laughs> oh. And he's like, gotta go. Uh, in Hebrew, the name for Jesus is Yeshua, which is spelt with a Y. So nobody uses the J except for um, evangelicals with their WWJD bracelets. Or drama kids who, who call Jesus Christ Superstar, J.C. Superstar. Well, this is all subsequent to Trissino, who realized that the name of Jesus, as it morphed in Latin, had become Jesus. And although you could make a J sound with G-I, as in, for instance, Jean is his name. Sure. Um, but there was a harder... Giuseppe. There was a harder J. It wasn't quite Giuseppe. It was Jesus, a, a, a much more upright sound. The sound he was trying to get at a different sound than the Italian soft G. Right. It was a that's a, interesting. It was a different soft G, like in the word jam. Um, and and you could you could make a case that G E, as in the word like general, 
accomplish that same sound. But there was, in Trasino's estimation, the need for a new letter. And today, you know, an Italian would just say, Yesu, right? Like he would, he would use the G. Actually, in Italian now, it's pronounced Jesu. Jesu. So. Uh, oh, yeah. G-E would be like J. Like Genoa. Genoa. Or, right. Oh, okay. So this Gentileshi. is sort of, this is this new, a new sound or a, enough of a new sound that a new letter was deemed necessary. Because um, he wanted people to say it the Italian way, but to be able to spell it the, without the G, the old fashioned way. And there was no way to do that because if you spelled it with the I, it would just be Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I see. And there were, at the same time, a lot of importation of foreign words because this was an era of exploration. Um, this is the 16th century right, now. In, in Italy, sure. So we're coming back, uh, Marco Polo and so forth, are coming back from the Far East with all these new words uh, like Tajikistan and Azerbaijan and the Taj Mahal. And there is a certain sound, a zh sound, that normally would have been spelled with the zh, an I, A, or a, what are some other zh, or zh spellings of zh, like Giorgio, it would have been a G-I. G-I, right? Today, uh, today we would use Z-H, but I feel like that, that only comes after we get some romanization of Chinese. Right, right? that's right. We, we say zh as Chinese as Z-H, but it would have been very difficult to spell like Taj Mahal as you couldn't put a G. Yeah, you can't put it at the end. No, it ah, couldn't have been Tagi be, Mahal. Be tag, tagai. Right. So the J then started to be used in the Latinization of sort of Eastern foreign words. Uh, words that were already pronounced with a J, but they needed a a letter that could sort of fill in that place. Like Azerbaijan, you have Bajan, B A I. If you had G-I-A-N, that would have been a very weird way of, of throwing those two sounds together as a spelling. So the modern Roman alphabet was only 25 letters until relatively recently. It's like adding a star to the American flag. We've, we've thought of a new letter. A new letter to represent multiple different pronunciations that formerly were either I, Y, or G with the addition of other vowels. We had just enough j's and j's enter into the pronunciation that this new letter, which was basically just an I with a swash, sort of rose up into the pantheon, into the graphicon. There are other languages that use the Roman alphabet but have added their own letters, but typically like combinations of letters. Combinations of letters or letters or Latin letters that have some sort of exontic or diacritic on them. Some, some flourish. Like when I was in, um, last time I was in the UK, I saw a Welsh Scrabble set for sale. (laughs) Did you buy it? Oh, please tell me. I almost did just because on the cover, you can see that the high scoring tiles, the 10 point tiles are all things like RH Hmm. and CH and LL, which to us would seem like they're double letters. Right. But, but to them, you know, to a Welshman, an RH, as you know, as a Welshman. Right. Like RH is just a, a letter of their alphabet. Right. LL is pronounced entirely differently. Spanish dictionaries used to have LL in a different section. And, and the same with CH. Like you would look up all the Cs and then you would see all the CHs. I think they merged that at some point. I think it changed about 20 years ago. Well, and this, the as we talked about earlier in German, the 
the pronunciation of J then was adopted into different languages with very different pronunciations. We, we use J often as a J, like just or jump. It's almost always that kind of D, D, Z thing sound, I think is how it looks in the phonetic alphabet. Right. But you see ya, or you see J as a ya at, um, just as often, like hallelujah or... Not uh, just as often. Not but, just as often. I'm sorry. But yes, like in, in borrowed words, because that's how it's used in Scandinavian languages, right? Yeah, right. Jürgen and Fjord and, and, uh, and German. And then, as you said, in Spanish, it's, it's a silent letter. Uh, or or it's a it makes an H, an H. sound Juan like and Javier and Jose and Jalapeno Jalisco Jalisco, but uh, interestingly, J is the the last letter added to the alphabet. The it's funny how it letter. caught on everywhere. Even, well, even though apparently everyone was doing just fine without it, and then this Italian guy makes it up, and other languages were like, "Oh, that could be our H sound, or that could be our Y sound." I right, guess, we can use that as a substitute for these uh, awkward combinations. I suppose they were doing what we were doing, and they were just doubling up and having I be everything. Is that right? And for the most part, and then with a separate letter, you could assign the different pronunciations to I or I with a tail. Yeah, but interesting that J would become a consonant rather than another vowel form. Yeah, although we we often use it sort of vowelistically. Uh, we also use it consonant, cons- Constantinople, consonantly. We use it consonantly, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the the adjective of vowel is vocal, I think, or vocalic. But I don't know what it is for. That's, I think it's just consonant. Consonant. Consonant is its own adjective, right? Uh, but actually, they're uh, very often in in English up through the nineteenth century. Uh, there was a twenty seventh letter. Of the alphabet. A, a special bonus letter? A special bonus letter, which is the ampersand. The ampersand was often included in descriptions of, of the English alphabet. Yeah, we still do it when we sing. W, X, Y, y and, and Z. Z, See, it's, right. It's the next to last letter. It was originally uh, W, X, Y, Z, and. Well, that doesn't sound as good. It doesn't sound as good. Uh, and uh, the ampersand, if you think about it, is a combination of the letters E and T, which in Latin represented et, which call, is and. We call that a ligature, two letters stuck together, like when English people put their A and their E together like weirdos. Uh, Why would that need to be its own? Was it only used to mean and, or was it used anytime you needed an E and T together? So and meant et, uh, or and was pronounced et in Latin, or the word for and was et in Latin. Like et all. Et all. Or et cetera. But as et became a ampersand and was sort of regarded as a letter, it started to be pronounced as you were, if you were speaking in Latin, which was the fashion at the time, um, you needed to distinguish ampersand, the letter from ampersand, the meaning. So if you were reading the alphabet and you got to the letter ampersand and you wanted to distinguish it from the word and, which was, it was confusing, right? X, Y, Z, and. Right. Like, why is and a letter? And you have to explain, oh, it's not a word. This it's is not actually, a word This is here. the letter and, not the word and. Right. And so it was, so they got to the end. This was before the song. They got to the end of, <laughs> of the alphabet. Uh, X, Y, Z, and. But in Latin, if you were describing a letter, like the, like the letter A or the letter I, that also were words, you would 
after uh, saying the name of the letter, you would say per se, which meant in and of itself. So if you said, if you were describing the letter I and you said I, you would, but you didn't mean the word I, you would say I per se I, meaning I in and of itself I, not the word I. That's how you would say the letter I. The letter I is I per se I, or the letter A per se A. But when ENT, et, became its own letter in, the, in that form of the, the mash together. Yeah, the and. The and. Uh, when they would say it in the course of the, of the alphabet, they would say and per se and. And oh. as students, you know, were reciting this in the, in the course of learning the alphabet, they would say, and per se, and, and over the course of time, that became the word ampersand. You know, before they had the alphabet song, there was a, Engl the rhyme that English children would use was called Al apple pie ABC, and it's all pie themed. I guess that's what children were into, like says A, give me a good large slice. Says B, a little bit, but nice. Says C, cut me a piece of crust. Take it, says D, it's dry as dust. And all these poems end with ampersand. <laughs> like, while ampersand purloined the dish and for another pie did wish. Cause, like, because that's how it all had to end. Like, sure. It all had to come down to ampersand somehow. He did it. And when, when the popularity of the much easier to remember and recite ABC song came into common usage... It was actually, it's actually credited with the death of the ampersand. Wait, really? Yeah. That we got to X, Y, and Z, and the and didn't. There was no notes for it. It didn't move over into its position. You know, it, it, it and naturally should be, if it was truly a letter, should have been incorporated into the song in the, in the way the song was written out. Well, our, our alphabet song is the same melody as, um, Twinkle, 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 little, twinkle, little star. star and Baba Black Sheep, you know, and Mozart, I think helped popularize that. He, he dropped that into a piece he was writing. And, and people were like, love it, love it. And somebody realizes, wait, this matches the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, G. Holy cow, this is perfect. Have you always wanted to learn to play an instrument? Maybe you've even tried at some point, but gave up because you felt lessons were too expensive or that you just didn't have the time. Thankfully, there's Musician. Musician is the fun, easy, and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and even singing. Just download the app to your desktop, tablet, or phone and start playing. Musician gives you 24-7 access to a vast catalog of video lessons from professionally trained educators, as well as thousands of exercises and songs across dozens of music genres, all tailored to your goals. And with Musician's award-winning technology that listens to you play, you'll get real-time feedback on timing and accuracy so you can actually see yourself improving as you learn. Start your extended 14-day free trial of Musician's Premium Plus package at musician.com start. That's unlimited access to thousands of lessons, exercises, and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks. Just go to musician.com slash start. That's Y-O-U-S-I-C-I-A-N dot com slash start. I wonder if people had been uh, trying to fit the alphabet onto a lot of different melodies. <laughs> it was like A, B, C, D, E, F. Probably like, didn't work as well. Beethoven's fifth. They're like A, B, C, D. <laughs> E-F-G-I-H. But, um, but there's that whole line at the end. You could be like W-X-Y-Z. And then you could be like ampersand, ampersand, 
Amper, amper, ampersand. Yeah, but that would have been like 10 ampersands, which isn't how the alphabet was written even then. But it could be W, X, ampersand, Z. Except they did the other order. Else you left out Y. Oh, W, X, Y, ampersand, Z. W, X, Y, ampersand, Z. W, X, Y, Z, ampersand. It's pretty cool, but yeah, I... that was the moment at which ampersand stopped being incorporated into the alphabet. Here's the solution. You do it like the B-52s and you go W, X, Y, Z, and then Fred Schneider goes, ampersand! That's how you do it. Then nobody forgets. Here comes an ampersand! <laughs> but as we gained the J, and then over the course of the next couple hundred years, we lost the ampersand. We also, in written English, lost another thing, and only in very recent times which is two written letters, the O-E and the A-E. Oh, that's the thing I was talking about in like encyclopedia or encyclopedia pedophile. Right. And those were letters which were used to, to make this sort of Greek diphthong, this kind of sound, which persisted in written English, fancy English all the way up until the 20th century. In fact, in college, I had a professor of linguistics who insisted that the word encyclopedia was pronounced encyclopedia, pedia, and most frustratingly insisted that onomatopoeia was pronounced onomatopoeia. <laughs> and he would not let you get away with onomatopoeia. It was onomatopoeia because you have the O and E, um, the O and E letter followed by an I and an A, basically four vowels crammed together. Uh, but it's, that's not true, right? It's, an O-E is just E, right? Well, so as, and for a while here in the 20th century, that this was one of the uh, signifiers of whether or not you were reading something in British English or in American English, because we gradually uh, eliminated that combined vowel in favor of just the letter E in sure. almost every uh, incidence. World Book Encyclopedia was always pedia, whereas Encyclopedia Britannica had the, the Frankenstein letter. Right. And there are, there are instances where we just separated O and E and left them both in like Phoenix, uh, but it's pronounced as an E. You don't say Phoenix. Yeah. Did this guy, <laughs> did this guy in college ever move to Phoenix? He did not Arizona? say, he did not say Phoenix. But if you think about a lot of, I mean, most European languages create quite a few additional sounds with the introduction of diacritical marks. And we in English have eliminated effectively all of those, reducing most of those sounds down to Which is e. awesome. I always feel bad that pe- for people in languages where they have to, you know, they probably have to hold down the A on their phone and then see all the little umlauts or whatever. Yeah. I and mean, we've got heavy metal bands trying to keep it alive for us, right? Yeah, but there's an overuse of umlauts there where, where the umlaut does actually not change the pronunciation of it at all. I believe it, it changes all. none of the pronunciations. Like I say Motorhead the same. I say Motley Crue the Instead same. Motorhead. Does Queensryche have one? Queensryche absolutely has one. I mean, Spinal Tap has them, and there's no change in the pronunciation. Spinal Tap puts it on the N, which I think is a very funny <laughs> joke. So how do you feel as a, someone who starts with the letter J? Do you feel proud that kind of the weirdo outlier letter is your totem, your, your spirit letter? Well, you know, when you were arranged by alphabet in elementary school and everyone lined up, uh, it was usually by last name. 
Um, so R is a perfectly legitimate letter for last name. And it's really more a question to you. Like, were there, were there that many other J's? I imagine people with last names starting with A or B, uh, there are probably always quite a few of those. There's research on people whose uh, last names start at the end of the alphabet, people named Young or Zerkowski or whatever, right. in that later in life they become, they're worse at impulse control because they spent their whole childhood waiting to be called. Right. And so when those guys see an opportunity, like if they see something, they will not wait for a sale. <laughs> <laughs> they're all the, they're the ones buying weird stuff at the checkout line because they're like me now. Oh, finally! Yes, it's yeah. Mr. Zerkowski's time. Um, but being in the middle of the pack, I never really noticed when we learned when we had to write our or learn how to sign our names in the phonetic. Uh, what do you call that? The inner, the sign alphabet finger spelling. Yeah, that's right. Um, J is one of the letters where you have to do a little flourish. Yeah, Whoosh. again, you do a swash. J and Z are the only ones that actually have. The have movement. little swashes. So when Jay-Z has to sign his name, of course, he's, he's all over the place. What was great about being John, even though there were an awful lot of Johns when I was growing up, I mean, that's not a very popular boy's name now, but in 1968, when I was born, if you didn't name your kid John, there was something wrong with you. You had to explain uh, why to the magistrate? Yeah. The, the only names really were John, Matt, Luke, no Paul. wonder. No wonder you wanted to be Peter. I wanted to be Peter. It was so, he's that, was, the, that was the most novel, um exotic name you could think of. Sure. Well, and he goes, you know, he ends up, he's the only one that got the hell out. He, Peter, Peter was the great adventurer. Two syllables. Um, but what was great about John was that there were so many different pronunciations of J as that name migrated around the world. So I could be Juan, I could be Jean, I could, uh, even be Jesus. Ian or, or, yeah, Ian Ian. or Sean. That's right. Or what is, is it Ivan? I assume it's Ivan, right? I'm not sure, but yeah, probably. Or, I well, Ionus was the, was sort of at where it evolved in Greek. Yeah, Ionus so, in Greek still. So it was really fun, I think, as someone named Brian, when it was like, well, what would that be in Spanish? It's like, I don't know, Brian, right. Bri Brian, Brian, uh, there's not a lot of ways you could go with it. <laughs> that that was me being Ken. Like uh -huh. I, I had to be Pancho or, or uh, <laughs> right. Auguste. I just had to make something up. <laughs> Ken. And I was so jealous that there was a kid named Jim Shoemaker next to me in class. And he, in Spanish, he could be Jaime Zapatero. Jaime Zapatero. Because both his names translated. Well, I, so did mine. As John Roderick, I was Juan Rodriguez. Sure, you're like Zorro. Yeah, you're, I was. You're freaking Zorro. My, my, name, uh, my name instantly went in all directions. Because, you know, Roderick was the last king of the Visigoths. Mm. So there are a lot, everybody had the word Rod or had the name Roderick at, in some way or another in their language. Do you feel like you're going to be the last king of anything? I'm from the last king of this show. Last king of rock and roll, <laughs> John Roderick. And that concludes the letter J, entry 714.ICH0910, certificate number 23082 in the omnibus. Listeners, we are confident that you live in a paradise of a world with, uh, what, even fewer letters in the alphabet? Yeah, I think that's what, uh, that's what we're striving for. By the time futurelings are speaking English and listening to English, there's probably only 22 letters to the alphabet. You get rid of C, just use S, or yeah, just use S and K. And get rid of G and just use, I guess, J. J I mean, sure. I, I, I vote for, I mean, I'm riding for the letter J at this point. Get rid of X, just use KS. For that matter, get rid of I. No, I guess we need I. Oh, and I are pretty... No, 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 pretty that's, that's ungrammatical. We need me, is what you mean. 
we need, well, me per se, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we make each other laugh. But in your 10-letter paradise, uh, we presume you have no social media. Lucky. But we yeah. live in a less enlightened time when we uh, demonstrated our commitment to the ideals of the Omnibus Project by repping it all over the internet. We were Omnibus Project, at Omnibus Project on every platform you could think of. I was at Ken Jennings, Ken Yennings Ken on Yennings. Twitter. I was at Han, Han y- Roderick. Jan. Jan Roderick. Jan Roderick. Ivan Rodrigo mm-hmm. uh, on... Sean Roderick. On Instagram, which was not spelled with a J. That was actually spelled with an I. Instagram. Uh, we had a Facebook page on which... Uh, upon which? Upon which connoisseurs of our uh, historically important work could build all kinds of bizarre games and trading cards. So look for the Futurelings page on Facebook to find a community of people that are odd like you, weird like the letter J. It's okay to be weird there, mm-hmm. as the letter J taught us. Uh, you could send us email if Please you want do. to do that at omnibusproject at howstuffworks.com. At the, we were even available to receive physical mail. This is a this is an anachronism, and we can do it only because Ken still had a mailbox because he is a member of the uh, Ten Records for a Penny. <laughs> and I don't want Columbia House to know where I actually <laughs> live. Right. Columbia House sends he 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 orders them multiple times behind a proxy wall. My, my grandpa's passed on, but one thing he always used to tell me is he said he would say, "Ken, you got to keep your house and your Columbia House separate." <sighs> tell you what, that's how you know that's how your people survived that great migration out to Utah. <laughs> they were like, "Look, we're going to have packages sent postal restant all the way across the Midwest." A Columbia House divided on itself cannot stand. <laughs> and it's true. That's why I have this P.O. Box that we use for the Omnibus Project. P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. Listeners, from our vantage point in your <laughs> distant past, ye have no idea how, uh, how, how young our uh, civilization survived. It's like outros by Chaucer. <laughs> Uh, but we hope and pray that uh, this catastrophe, this this diminishment of our alphabet and of the richness of language may never come. We hope, in fact, that we incorporate Chinese letters and, uh, and Arabic script into the English language, the great absorber. We call that the Blade Runner future. That's the Blade Runner future. That's right, where, where in Blade Runner, people can speak to you in uh, pidgin Japanese and you understand it perfectly, but you reply in English, which they understand perfectly. And yeah, and also all the signs are in Japanese and Korean text, but the Asian characters just speak English. That's right. Everyone is, it's a polyglot nation, but no one can decide what the language is. Uh, or no one can decide decide what the lingua franca is. No, yeah. that's not true. The lingua franca is English, isn't it? But the written, but everything's written in Japanese and Korean. Basically, we can genetically engineer snakes, but um, everything else is just a garbage. Society. Well, you know, I think actually it's it's probably prescient because by that point in time, we'll all have babblefish inserted in our ears, like that little that little bug that uh, that Khan sticks in the ear of that red-shirted guy. Well, that one makes you crazy. It does. Was that a red shirt or was that one of the main characters that got the... In Star Trek 2, everyone wears a red outfit. So I guess right. everyone's a red shirt, hmm. but it's Chekhov and his captain. 
Like you know, Chekhov's not going to die. You know, it's going to be the noble black guy. Oh, so it was the it was the ba- the bug went in Chekhov's ear. Yeah, and his and Captain uh, 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 Terrell. I see. But Terrell was the one that died from it, and they got it out of Chekhov. Yeah, conveniently. Yeah. It's one of these horror movie things where the black guy dies, and then the white guy just screams a lot and gets saved. Mm-hmm. Boo. Well, I mean, Chekhov is a Slav, so... Chekhov the always only... screams. I don't know if they just wanted to make the Russians look cowardly at the height of the Cold War. You can't really see, like, McCoy screaming, though, can you? I mean, he would just go, Damn it! Kirk, He'd just say, damn it, louder. Kirk, like, yells at the sky. Yes. Con! Clenched fists above his head. But there's not a lot of screamers on the Enterprise. No, and you would kind of think it would be Sulu. Why? Oh, he, well, like a... Uh, like, a, he's, he's like, certain, a, like a war cry? Like the time he has the sword? No, he kind of... I mean, he became a little bit more of a screamer in popular culture. He does quite a bit of, like... <laughs> I don't know what you're like saying. Like on stage screaming now. I mean, I've been on stage with him, I guess. So, and he, and he, he screamed a lot. He let out a great yell, a great yell of gratification to be uh, celebrated by the nerds. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And then you were like, I'll have what Sulu's having. I'll have what Sulu's having. If the worst comes soon, by which we mean all languages reduced down to one letter just said over and over, uh, 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 uh. Like an uh, ultimate glitch in the Matrix. Dur, dur, dur. The only letter is <laughs> dur, dur. Dur, 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 This recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word. It could be our ampersand. This could be our final word, per se, word. To coin a phrase. But dur, per se, dur. Uh, but if providence allows. If Jesus if allows. Yeah, right. If, if Jesus allows. I love this, like... What, what would the word end up being if it was der per se der? Der per se der. Derpsy der. Derpsy der. Derpsy do. That's what you call a super dumb person. A derpsy der? A derpsy der. Let us begin coining it now. New meme, derpsy der. Derpsy der. Hashtag derpsy der. If Jesus Janus allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Yomnibus. Yomnibus.